Welcome to The Long Tell, a collection of fantastic folk tales from around the world. We will take you from the forests of India to the cold streets of Romania. So come, sit and listen to the wonders of The Long Tell. Hello there, I am the Tellmaster and I've handpicked all the tales for your listening pleasure. This week's collection of tales is based on tricksters. My storytellers will take you to the cool forests of Indonesia, the warm streets of Turkey, and finishing in the cold mountains of Scandinavia. Care to join us? The King's Pudding, a tale from Indonesia, read by Sylvie. Mouse Deer sung his song as he walked through the cool forest. I am quick and smart as can be. Try and try, but you will never catch me. Mouse Deer was looking for tasty fruits and roots and shoots. Though he was tiny, he was not afraid. He knew that many large animals wanted to eat him, but first they had to catch him. Roar! There was a big tiger. Hello, Mouse Deer. I was getting hungry. Care to be my lunch? Mouse Deer had no interest in being eaten that day. He looked around and thought fast. He saw a mud puddle. I'm so sorry, Tiger. I can't be your lunch. The king has ordered me to guard his pudding. His pudding? Asked the tiger, confused. Yes, there it is. Mouse Deer pointed to the mud puddle. It has the best taste in the world. The king doesn't want anyone else to eat it. Tiger looked at the puddle. I would like to taste the king's pudding. No, Tiger, the king would be very angry. Just one little taste, Mouse Deer. The king will never know. Well, all right, Tiger, but first let me run far away so no one will blame me. All right, Mouse Deer, you can go now. Mouse Deer ran quickly out of sight. Imagine the king's pudding, said Tiger. He took a big mouthful. Pooey! He spat it out. Yuck! Uh, bleh! That's no pudding, that's mud. Tiger ran through the forest. He caught up with Mouse Deer. Mouse Deer, you tricked me once, but now you will be my lunch. Mouse Deer looked around and fought fast. He saw a wasp nest in a tree. I'm sorry, Tiger. I can't be your lunch. The king has ordered me to guard his drum. His drum? said Tiger. Yes, there it is. Mouse Deer pointed to the wasp nest. It has the best sound in the world. The king doesn't want anyone else to hit it. Tiger said, I would like to hit the king's drum. Oh no, Tiger, the king would be very angry. Just one little hit, Mouse Deer, the king will never know. Well, all right, Tiger, but first, let me run far away so no one will blame me. All right, Mouse Deer, you can go now. Mouse Deer ran quickly out of sight. Imagine the king's drum, said Tiger. He reached up and hit it. Pow! The wasps all flew out. They started to sting Tiger. Ouch, ouch, each, 
That's no drum. That's a wasp nest. Tiger ran away, but the wasps only followed him. Bzz, bzz. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Tiger came to a stream. He jumped in. Splash. And stayed underwater as long as he could. At last, the wasps went away. Then Tiger jumped out. He ran through the forest till he found Mouse Deer. Mouse Deer, you tricked me once. You tricked me twice. But now you will be my lunch. Mouse Deer looked around and fought fast. He saw a cobra. The giant snake was coiled asleep on the ground. I'm sorry, Tiger. I can't be your lunch. The king has ordered me to guard his belt. His belt? said Tiger. Yes, there it is. Mouse Deer pointed to the cobra. It's the best belt in the world. The king doesn't want anyone else to wear it. I would like to wear the king's belt, Tiger said. Oh no, Tiger, the king would be very angry. Just for one moment, Mouse Deer, the king will never know. Well, all right, Tiger, but first, let me run far away so no one will blame me. All right, Mouse Deer, you can go now. Mouse Deer ran quickly out of sight. Imagine the king's belt. He started to wrap it around himself. The cobra woke up. It didn't wait for Tiger to finish wrapping. It wrapped itself around Tiger. Then it squeezed him and bit him. Oh, ow, ow. That's no belt. That's cobra. Help. Mouse deer, help. But mouse deer was far away. And as he went, he sang his song. I'm quick and smart as I can be. Try and try, but you can't catch me. What a fantastical tale. You do not need brawn if you have sharp wit and determination. Never forget that. Now the next tale is a little bit dark. We explore love-hate and all the things in between in this little tale. The Broken Lamp, a tale from Turkey, read by Tim. There was once a merchant who set out with his wife on a pilgrimage to Mecca. Their daughter, though they left at home, with an Arab slave girl to keep her company. One evening, quite late, the merchant's daughter and the Arab girl were singing and laughing and dancing about in the upstairs apartment. By accident, the Arab girl knocked over the oil lamp, leaving the young ladies in darkness. What should we do? said the merchant's daughter. It's too late to rouse the slaves. I'll go out and find a light, said the Arab girl. But we're locked in, said the merchant's daughter. The window's open, said the Arab girl. So they knotted some bedsheets together and lowered themselves from the window. Then the Arab girl took a basket and climbed down. She walked down the street till she came to a restaurant still open. The customers had all gone, but a handsome young man was in the kitchen, cleaning up and preparing for the next day. On the table were dishes piled high with kebabs, dolma, pilaf and baklava. May I come in? said the Arab girl prettily. The young man who owned the restaurant cast an eye on the lovely young lady. Please sit down, he said. As the two of them chatted, the young man moved closer and closer to the Arab girl. She was almost in reach when she asked him, What's in those huge crocks? One has olive oil, one has clarified butter, and one has honey. Honey? What's that? Surely you've had honey before. Never. Please give me a taste. So the young man took off the lid and leaned into the crock to spoon some out. 
the Arab girl came from behind and lifted his feet. So he slid headfirst into the honey. Then she quickly loaded her basket with dishes of food and grabbed an oil lamp and ran off. The young man came out of the honey dripping and spluttering. Ooh, that Arab girl. If I ever catch her, I'll drink her blood. The next night, the Arab girl was again dancing about with the merchant's daughter. But she was wondering about the restaurant's owner, so she knocked over the lamp for a second time. I'll have to go out again, she said. They lowered the bed sheets, and the Arab girl climbed down with her basket. When she reached the restaurant, she again found the young man alone. How dare you come back, he demanded. Do you not know what I'll do to you now? Kiss me, she asked. Well, well, said the young man with a smile. What a fine idea. He came close to embrace her. Not yet, she said. First, we must eat and drink. So they ate and drank, and the Arab girl kept pouring him more and more and more wine, and he kept drinking it till his head dropped down and rested on the side of the table. She found some rope, tied him up and gagged him. Then she took more dishes of food and a lamp and ran off. His customers found him the next morning and set him free. Oh, that Arab girl. If I ever catch her, I'll drink her blood. Later that same day, the young man described himself as an old flower peddler with ragged clothes and a long white beard. Then he walked up and down the streets calling, Roses for sale! Roses for sale! When he came by the merchant's house, he spotted the Arab girl looking out, out of the upstairs window. I'll have her now, he muttered. Meanwhile, the Arab girl was telling the merchant's daughter, There's that handsome restaurant owner. I wonder what he's up to. She called down to him. We would like some roses. Then please come to the door, said the young man in an old man's voice. We're locked in, she said, but you climbed to the window. She lowered the bedsheets and the young man started up. He was just a few feet away when the Arab girl took a knife and sliced through the top sheet. Roses flew everywhere as the young man tumbled to the ground. While a crowd gathered around him, the young man painfully struggled to his feet. Oh, that Arab girl. If I ever catch her, I'll drink her blood. Not long after that, the merchant returned with his wife from their pilgrimage. To thank the Arab slave girl for keeping his daughter good company, he asked, What would you like as a gift? A doll made of rubber, she told him. It should be just my height and look just like me and wear clothes just like mine. And when you shake it, it should say, Yes, yes. So the merchant had the doll made and gave it to her. A few days later, the merchant spoke to the Arab girl again. I've received a note from a man who does not name himself. He wishes to buy you for an incredibly high price, but if you object, I'll refuse him. I don't mind, she said, smiling. The next morning, a messenger came with a carriage and drove the Arab girl to a house a few streets away. She and her belongings were left alone in a room upstairs. The Arab girl took her doll and stood it in the middle of the room. She poured red sherbet into its hollow centre, filling it with a sweet fruit drink. She then hid in a closet. Before long, the door flew open. There stood the young restaurant owner, a dagger in his hand. He glared at the doll. You wicked girl, I've caught you at last. Gripping it by the shoulder, he demanded, Do you remember how you pushed me into the honey? He shook it back and forth. Yes, yes, said the doll. And do you remember how you tied me up and gagged me? Yes, yes. And do you remember how you made me fall in the street? Yes, yes. You admit everything. Then prepare to die. For now I will drink your blood. He plunged the dagger into the doll and red liquid spurted out. As the doll fell over, he caught a few drops in his cupped hand and raised them greedily to his lips. But what's this? Her blood is so sweet, and if her blood is so sweet, how much sweeter would the rest of her be? What have I done? I have killed the sweetest woman in the world. Oh, if only I could bring her back to life, I would free her and marry her. But it's too late. All I can do now is end my own life. He raised the dagger above his chest. Hey, dummy, I'm right here. The young man stared at the Arab girl. 
Darling, he cried. Dearest, she answered. And they lived happily ever after. Man, that's crazy. I'll let that sink in. Slavery, a bit of doll killing, now that is a tale. Moving on swiftly, out of all the Nordic gods, Loki is my favourite, but I'm sure you are more familiar with Thor, Andy's hammer. Well you are in for a treat with our final tale. The Missing Hammer, a tale from Scandinavia, read by Christian. There once lived a great giant god called Thor. Thor was the god of thunder. When he threw his magic hammer, thunder rolled and lightning flashed, and his hammer flew back to his hand. Thor woke up one summer's morning and reached out for his great hammer. He always put it right beside his bed each night, but this morning it was not there. Thor sat up, opened his eyes and roared, Where's my hammer? The mountains rattled and the clouds trembled in the sky. Thor shouted and stormed about looking for his hammer. The other gods were worried. There would be no peace until Thor's hammer was returned. All the gods gathered around a big table and had a conference and decided that the god Loki should go in search of it. Loki asked Freya, a beautiful goddess, if he could use her magic cloak and flew quickly to the land of the giants. There, among the ice mountains, Loki met a huge frost giant. It was named Thrym. I'm looking for Thor's hammer. Can you help? Loki asked calmly. Thrym grinned and stroked his icy beard. I stole the hammer, and I've hidden it deep in the earth where no one will ever find it. I will only give it back if Freya will marry me, Thrym growled. Loki bowed and flew back to Thor and told him the news. Together they went to see the goddess Freya. I will never marry that horrible beast Thrym, she screamed furiously. The other gods came to comfort the upset goddess. No matter how they tried, Freya refused to marry the frost giant until the god Heimdall came up with an idea. Let's dress Thor in one of Freya's white dresses, like a bride, and cover his head with a veil and trick that frosty fool into thinking Thor is Freya. What a stupid idea! I won't do it! roared Thor. But the other gods persuaded him to try. They dressed him up so he was covered in beautiful white clothes, precious jewels. Then they dressed Loki up as his maid. You both look amazing! Heimdall cheered. Thor and Loki set off for the land of the giants. Thrym welcomed them and invited them into his huge hall, where a great wedding feast was ready. With a huge ceremony, Thrym led Thor to the head of the table and sat beside him. What would you like to eat, my love? Thrym warmly asked. Thor was hungry. Keeping his face hidden under the veil, he grabbed and ate three whole roasted salmon, then drank seven cups of wine. Thrym was in awe. What an appetite you have, my love, he said fondly, but thinking that his new bride would cost him a lot in feed and wine. Loki was afraid that Thrym would guess there was something strange about his bride-to-be. 
He whispered into Thrym's ear. Freya's been so excited about marrying you, she hasn't eaten for five days. Thrym stroked his beard with pleasure and raised the veil to give his bride a kiss. When he saw two huge red eyes glaring at him, he jumped back. Don't worry, Freya hasn't been able to sleep for seven nights just thinking about you, whispered Loki. Thrym was delighted that his bride was so eager to marry him. When the feast was over, Thrym called Thor's hammer to be brought to the hall. He placed it on the bride's knees as a present. Thor leaped up, threw off his veil, grabbed his hammer, then he and Loki fought their way through the astonished giants and out of the hall, laughing that the trick had worked. Thor and Loki returned to the other gods. He showed them that his magic hammer was back and no one ever dared steal it again. How quick time flies when you're having fun. I hope you enjoyed the tales, and one day we'll share them with someone special. Join me next week for more of the long tale.